Every week on the show, Mike, we aim to make agents and entrepreneurs more profitable and productive by disrupting the way they think. And today I want to disrupt the way you think about the routine annual checkup. It's time to go to the doctor and take a look at your vital signs and the vital signs of your business. As an entrepreneur, just like your personal and physical health, um, we have to stop at different seasons and inspect our business where we are according to plan, where we are according to goal, and, and whether we're actually as healthy as the results may or may not indicate. And so um, I want to take some time today to really think about um, what audits we should do and what the intent of them is, and then how frequently we should be auditing our business. And so when I say that we all need to be auditing our business, what comes to mind for you? Measuring. You just want to measure, you want to understand your numbers, um, the vital signs, the vital statistics to your business so that you can make decisions in order to better those. So when I hear audit, that's what I hear. Yeah. So if I'm going to continue with this analogy of going to your physician in order to um, make kind of a parallel around auditing your business or, or having a routine checkup of your business, one of the things that I heard you say is that you'd want to inspect the numbers. And so I'm going to call those like the vital signs of your business. Similarly, if you were going to the physician, you're going to have your blood pressure checked. Yeah. You're going to have, um, you know, your lipid panels, a number of different um, numbers based results um, and labs done. And so doing that with your business is going to be mission critical as well. So um, some of the numbers that you're going to want to pay attention to then, of course, would be uh, your revenue number. Yep. And it's important that it's revenue um, and that you distinguish your revenue from your cost of sale and from your profit. Okay. Because especially in our business of real estate, there's a lot of people that get really hung up on their total revenue or what we call gross commission income. Right. And that's the most frequently heard number in our industry is how much someone brought in. Right. But what people fail to calculate right. or disclose is what their cost of goods sold was and then what their total net profit was. Right. If you, I mean, it's easy to make a lot of money if you're spending a lot of money. It's the net. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But that's not nearly as sexy, and therefore everyone talks about their gross commission income, especially right. in real estate. And um, and so, so inspecting the numbers from a vital signs perspective um, as it pertains to the monetary portion of your business um, would be revenue, um, expenses, of course, and then profit. Um, a couple of the vital signs that I like on the real estate uh, side of things that I always want to have um, transparency to are uh, the amount of appointments that we set and conducted, the amount of new contracts that we signed, the amount of pendings, and then um, the amount of listings. And the listings for us is because that's our inventory, right? right. And so yes. um, we try to keep things simple from a vital sign standpoint in which we want to measure our appointments, our listings, and our and our new contracts. And so um, that tell and the reason why that's important to me is because it tells us the future, right, um, of the short term or or intermediate term future viability of the business and the revenue, and and how much business based decision making we can make as it pertains to expenses. Absolutely, and the more the more you're on top of those numbers, the more you can then invest ad additional resources into those uh, lead generating endeavors, I guess. 
So we have the data that you're inspecting. So those vital signs of your business, whatever those are for your particular industry as a business owner, you need to have the information about auditing the data. I think, Mike, the next thing that we need to be auditing or as part of the checkup process are the people. Yeah. And sometimes the people can be yourself. It was just a couple of weeks ago we talked about being your best self. Part of this annual business checkup is actually inspecting yourself. Are you the right person in the right seat in your organization in order to accomplish your desired outcome? Um, is everyone else in the right seat? Is everyone else um, the right person to even be sitting right. in a seat? Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard to know all the things that you do so that for you to even take that as an audit, like to, to be able to audit yourself. But there's things that we're doing in our business that we're not necessarily the best at. And now's a great opportunity to to. OK, what are those things that you're doing in your business? Who is it in your business that's better aligned for that? Uh, as well as looking at the people in your business, are they aligned for what they're trying to do? Maybe maybe they would fill a different position in another role. So I agree 100 percent. Yeah. So the people audit is a, is a really big um, is a really big key to the success of the business. And that's because, you know, if you want slow incremental growth, then you can kind of happen your way into the incremental growth. However, if you want exponential growth, if yeah. you want, you know, Blow up. just exemplary results you're going to need the best people in a very simple, scalable process. And so that's the next thing that I think we have to audit is our processes. Because the larger an organization gets, yeah. the more cumbersome the processes yeah. get. Yeah, you just do things because it's always the way it's been done. And so you have to be efficient with that. What is, trim the fat, what is driving your business? So this is the thing that I struggle with, I think, um, the most. And, and one of the things that we'll talk about more in depth on another episode, um, I think as a as a founder, or as an entrepreneur, someone who who sees a need in a marketplace yeah. um, as a as a visionary entrepreneur that you you really want to go out and fix that need in the marketplace as yeah. a, uh, by starting a business um, what you always see are problems to fix the challenge with that becomes that you build overwhelmingly cumbersome processes to try to fix problems or seize opportunities and so how do you think we could aud um, audit our processes in order to make them more efficient more scalable and more simple well, um, the one thing that I, what I'm in, this is the, I'm a salesperson. All right. Yeah. So I'm, I want to clarify, I want all you guys to know, I'm not the guy that is just auditing stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. um, this is a challenge for me and this is something that I'm growing in, um, spreadsheets for me, like keeping that, uh, we talked about earlier, um, uh, I, I keep a task list and just by being organized, I can then if I, we talk, everything keeps coming back to other podcasts. When you're disturbed about something, you can then sit in that disturbance and you can, you can tackle it. That is going to happen in your business when it comes to people, audit people, if people aren't hitting your numbers. It's just a matter of being organized and then being able to say, okay, I don't like doing this. So because I don't like doing this, I can then delegate that out. Yeah. And sometimes um, not liking to do something uh, may mean that 
Um, you either don't like doing hard things or it's not what your strength is. Right. And so you have to be really honest and transparent with yourself that says, do I not like to do this because it's hard and I don't want to do it. Like lead generation is what comes to mind first in our business. Most salespeople I find, um, bring people into their organization in order to get out of the sales role. Got it. And the reality is, is that you never get out of that role. Yeah. It is actually the one core competency that you can never actually let go of um, as an entrepreneur is, is the lead generation business until you have fully replaced yourself and you're no longer affiliated with the day-to-day operations. Lead generation is the actual job job. itself. Yeah. Yeah. And so from a processes standpoint, one of the things I wrote down was um, that our processes need to be able to be explained to a sixth grader. Okay. And I don't know why this morning when I was thinking about, you know, how do we simplify? My thought was if I can't teach a 12 year old how to do this, I don't have a scalable, duplicatable process. McDonald's has made an amazingly scalable business and they haven't made it complicated. Again, you. okay? so I made that question extra extra complicated (laughs) to be honest with you all this is is taking a really complicated task which in our case is the sale of real estate and you're able to i call it the model t okay what what henry ford was able to do is take something very complicated by creating an automobile and then producing it at a very affordable price the reason why he was able to do that is he was be able to take that complicated part break it apart into smaller pieces and then identify people to do the smaller pieces. So then you have to pay them less and it costs less. And then I could sell an automobile for a much less. We're doing the same thing as it relates to selling real estate. We're taking something very complex. We're breaking it down. We're delegating it to our team. And the better that team, the better the results. Yeah, that's right. And in the next level of that, of course, is if you can delegate it to technology yeah. and it doesn't have a negative impact on your business, then the, the ideal place is to delegate it te- to technology. Yeah. yeah. Because at that point, then you can allow, um, you can, you can bring in more talented people to, to add more actual human interaction value to the equation. And so, um, it, it is fascinating to me that as an entrepreneur, one of the things that I've realized is um, this is the, probably the number one most overlooked place. And as I've been coaching agents recently, what I've really started to challenge them on is what are their processes? Okay. And, um, and are they actually too cumbersome to be able to be scalable throughout their organization? And I was thinking about, uh, you know, my fascination with religion and business. And, mm-hmm. um, I was, I was thinking about the 10 commandments. I don't remember all 10 of the 10 commandments. I don't think I could name them, but I could probably name five of them. Okay. And so if I can't remember the 10 commandments, how would I expect my uh, employees and coworkers to remember yeah. this lengthy process list yeah. when, when we've all heard the 10 commandments repeatedly and yet I can't probably say them out loud. Can you? I, I can't. No, not all 10 of them. No. Yeah, I yeah. can probably get. You're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> no. And then I'm going to no. do it down and I'm, I mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I could get 60% of them yeah. maybe. Well, that's all right. That's it, all right. So. So the challenge though, I, when I, that, that translates to me from a business standpoint that says we have to significantly dial yeah. back how involved and intricate we make 
our action items or the things that we do on a day-to-day basis. If matter, we have to like when I bring a new agent in, I just I used to just throw them in and be like, okay, start selling. But you literally have to chunk it down. We keep talking about blocking and tackling. It's the same thing with this. We overcomplicate things. Just how I'm able to keep audits is every night while I'm watching uh, cable news, I sit there, I have my laptop, and I take about five or 10 minutes and I enter in my numbers. Now, if you look at my spreadsheet, it looks crazy. Like, oh my gosh, how'd you come up with that? But I've been doing it for uh, for years. So then my spreadsheet looks crazy. But in all reality, I spend 15, 30 minutes a night doing it. So that's how I'm able to kind of do that. And it gives me the clarity that I need in order to make the business decisions to run my business. And that's, and that's by having, it sounds like a scorecard or some, yeah. some way to be able to, to inspect those numbers. Hey guys, I wanted to interrupt this podcast. This place, this DR Horton model we're in is sweet. If you haven't experienced DR Horton recently, they're brand new to Indianapolis, but they are America's largest builder. You have to check them out. DR Horton, America's largest builder. Right. And then, um, when I think about auditing, one of the things that I've had to audit um, in my in my business is meetings. Yeah, and meetings are like the unnecessary yet wildly vital um, component of running a business because many meetings are unnecessary, yeah. and yet some of them are incredibly vital. and And so it is it is challenging to be able to differentiate between what meetings add value and um, disperse clarity and communication throughout the organization and what meetings are a waste of time and should be a memo. And so um, one of the things that should should be a, a key component in every organization is meetings. And by meetings, I mean structured communication yes. and structured um, delivery of the vision. And then um, we should be auditing our meetings to see if we're actually executing them effectively and frequently enough. Uh, every- I, I used to work for a guy and we'd have meetings and oh my gosh, um, it was all meeting doubt. So I try to be super mindful of my, uh, of my, everybody's time. So you have to be punctual. You have to limit it to a certain time frame so that everybody have consistency. You need to be clear on your agenda and you have to just make sure that you're doing any, by doing this every time you're, you're in, you're ensuring that you have the same results because it's something that is happening over and over again. Yeah, I don't know why meetings especially in our industry of real estate are ignored or oftentimes are um, not given a lot of the attention and the credit that that is deserved of them. What I heard you say is that meetings need to be on the same day at the same time, at the same place, with the same time frame. Yeah. They need to start at the same time, they need to end at the same time, and they need to have a clear agenda in advance. That, that, yep, that's what they need. <laughs> Why do we, yet, yet we, we often do again, it. yeah, we either don't do it or we make it more complicated yeah. than that. Yeah, and if you keep it simple like that, you'll get the same, you'll get proven results over and over again. You can then measure, okay, what, the way I look at meetings is I look at like, okay, if right now I'm moving my arm, my brain is telling my arm to, the meeting is that message sending. So if I'm not facilitating meetings and I'm not being efficient in that, then my arms are going to be doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You see what I'm saying? So it's really important to have those sales meetings and just 
Uh, let everybody know this is all habit and then they know what to expect. People feel comfortable when they do the same thing over and over again. And when things are running over, people feel disrespected and all that good stuff. Well, that actually leads me to the last thing that I think we need to audit um, is the vision of the company. And the vision of the company can be one of the challenges, I think, as an entrepreneur, because we see opportunity everywhere. Yeah. And then the limiting factor is people and time. And so yeah. um, when we audit our vision, I think we need to, to be auditing whether we are crystal clear on what it is personally, and then whether everyone else in the organization is crystal clear on what the collective vision of the company is, and then how frequently are we distributing that vision? You know, Jack Welch, the famous GE CEO said yeah. that you should be um, telling your vision every 30 seconds and maybe that's not even enough. And and that's because unfortunately that, that vision um, leaks in that it's not often remembered because it's not often clear, concise, and yeah. repeated over and over and over and over. And I'm guilty of this myself. Yeah, I am too. And and one of the reasons I think is because as an entrepreneur, part, part of the challenge for me is, is remembering what is our singular vision, yeah. right? As a leader, we have to refocus our people on the direction that we're going and focus their energy on, on going that, um, that visionary direction on a day after day basis, because yeah. there are so many available opportunities and distractions in business today that the challenge is that as a leader, if we don't refocus everyone on the vision on a, on a daily and weekly basis, things get scattered and chaotic. Like we've talked about. Yeah. Your people end up being distracted, doing other things and you're not, you're not lining them up. This is the one thing that's really kind of transform my business is I started writing stuff down a lot. And so as I write stuff down, I noticed that as I would go through the day and I would, I would look and I would see the stuff that I wrote down was done. <laughs> right. Yeah. So then if this is the same thing with vision, if I am casting that vision to my crew, then you'll start noticing they will pick that stuff up and they'll start walking towards that. So this magical thing happens when you start being clear on where you're trying to go. You start actually walking towards that. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, as we as we kind of wrap things up, I mean, that's that, that's fascinating because to me. I don't know why in business we, we make things more complicated. I think it truly is because there are so many avenues yeah. that we could go. However, we would never set out on um, a journey for vacation. And then with, you just go over that's here. Right. Now I'm in North Carolina. That's, right. that's what happened. Like, because the thing is, we see, once you see that we're all entrepreneurs. Here. Yeah. Once you're an entrepreneur, you understand it's just a widget. That's the thing that's interchangeably. I know what everybody else is doing. So then you want to just like, I want to go do that. I want to yeah. go do that. So if you can stay focused on that audit on what it is that you're trying to do so that you're, you make it to Disneyland. That's yep. where you're trying yep. to go. Yeah. Because, because everything um, is a problem that you want to fix when you're yeah. an entrepreneur thinker. And when you, when you're someone who sees a vision of how something could be revised, improved or monetized, you want to go do that. And that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why having a clear vision yeah. and, and um, 
reiterating the vision to the people in the organization is paramount towards having a sustainable and scalable organization. So when we think about auditing, obviously we're, we're now basically the first week or, or first month, I guess, portion now of quarter four. And, and so I want to be thinking about how frequently do we need to be auditing our business? You think? Uh, well, um, I think you should do it at least by every quarter. Yeah. Like, cause this is the thing there are like, it is the limitation is people and resources. So all that you have to do is think, okay, how can I frame the, the, the models or the systems in order to kind of get that? So I'm always writing these things down. So then once a, once a quarter or once a month, I look through there and maybe there's an opportunity there that wasn't there when I first thought, but now I have more capacity or the resources, or I've made a relationship with someone that would be a perfect match. Absolutely. So you said once a quarter, and I think that's fantastic. You could do this a couple of different ways. You could have quarterly um, goals, yearly objectives and a five year or three year or yeah, 10 year plan, up. whatever that longer term, um, of, a overarching objective is for that vision. Um, and then, you know, you've got your yearly, your yearly, uh, goal and your, uh, 90 day, um, action plan to do that. So that leaves you at auditing realistically about every 90 days. And the auditing occurs when you go back and you review, okay, we set these milestones for 90 days from now. Did we accomplish them? Yeah. And then what do we need to, what do we need to do more of, do less of, and do away with? I think the problem is a lot of people hear the word audit and they think that it's something like you do in a bank or the IRS. <laughs> yep. And so like audit is just minding your business. Yeah. I mean, I think we're using a big word, but it's it's really not that hard. Just you want to measure. Yeah, you're you're controlling the chaos and the the overgrowth of the things that slow down your business and 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 that could be people, that could be processes, that could be a lack of vision, that could be a lack of transparency into numbers. Um, that could be a number of different things. And if we don't go back and look at that um, on a 90 day basis, unfortunately, what we find is one day we wake up and find that nothing is working. And then simply put, we just don't have enough profit to be able to make it worth going back to work every single day after day and doing the hard job of being an entrepreneur. So auditing helps us prevent that by being aware of the problems in a rear view mirror perspective so that we have a different outcome in the future.